Welcome to Sales Tech Stars Sales Star Podcast. This is where we feature news, tips and insights on B2B sales. Happy to have you here. Mark Magnaca, co-founder and president at Allego, a leading all-in-one sales enablement platform, is here as our guest to chat about a few best practices for B2B teams when it comes to sales enablement and how teams can optimize their technology further. Before we dive in though, we'd love it, Mark, if you could tell us about yourself. We've heard about you. We've heard about the Aleco brand. We've been observing some of your recent innovations as well in the marketplace. And we've also come across your book. And we know you've co-authored a very successful book that's very relevant to our listeners. So it would be great if you can do a quick self-introduction. Tell us about your book your journey in the B2B tech marketplace. And of course, the idea here is to also bring forward the Aleco brand, its recent innovations. And of course, we can't miss out the fact that you guys were recently included in the Forest and Our Technology Report. So we'd love to hear more about all of this from you. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you for inviting me to be part of the podcast. To answer your question, my background is a little bit unusual in that I didn't start off in technology. Uh, my background is actually in financial services, but I was someone who was using technology heavily in the sales training and sales process improvement company that I had previously. And a big part of the work that I did was the use of video, capturing video, reusing video, and using video really as a coaching tool. And that was the original impetus when we began in 2013. And in the same way that the sales enablement market has evolved quite a bit since we began, so has Alego. And so this whole market that is now being talked about by Forrester and Gartner and others, and the convergence that's really happening between the definition of sales enablement, very much around the sales readiness space, the sales coaching space, and, and of course the marketing and virtual selling space, all of those different innovations are all things that we've been part of during this last 10 years. And now I'm excited to say we're in a unique position to be able to offer our customers access to all of this in one suite. And for some of our customers, that's the way they want it. And for others, they're using a portion of the suite and we're integrating with elements of sales enablement that were in place already. So in either case, we're finding ways to make it work. Absolutely. And it's been a very interesting time for the overall B2B sales and sales tech marketplace. And when it comes to sales enablement, there's been a lot of interest in these tools over the recent years. And it's a relatively new area or a new niche within the marketplace. So how have you been observing sales enablement adoption trends change in the B2B sales market today? And what are some of the ways in which you've observed leaders in the space use these kind of platforms to drive their end goals? Well, I'll tell you, there's a couple different elements in answering your question. What I would say at the highest level is that for many years, uh, sales enablement was very much about what I'll call the internal use cases. And that can be coaching and collaboration. It could be for the onboarding process, new hire training, it could even be for launches and rollouts. And it served a very important purpose from the company's perspective. And that included things like consistency of messaging and in effect, helping everybody be on the same sheet of music in terms of delivering their message. But the part that's really helped to shift the dynamic in my mind has been the introduction of content management and virtual selling 
all under this umbrella of sales enablement. And so what that means is that the ability for a seller to take some of the best content that they've curated, be able to share that externally with a customer or a prospect, be able to curate content on something we call a DSR or a digital solutions room. Some people call it a digital sales room. Our customers are actually using a number of different names to describe really the same thing. And that is this external microsite that's personalized. What all these things have in common is what McKinsey and other thought leaders across the industry are talking about. And that is the criticality of personalizing your message, of personalizing the content, of demonstrating that you're bringing unique value to the buyer because you're pulling together the right resources at the right time in the right place. So when we talk about all of this, there's one aspect that often gets left out. So in the midst of all of this, there's also the need for B2B teams to have the right sales strategies in place. Some teams have often relied on an agile selling methodologies. Others rely on an account-based selling concept. How do you look at B2B sales today? And what are some of the core strategies that you think will be more prominent in the future or those that you feel should be more of a focus area today? Well, I can tell you that one of the big ones is whether there's only really two kinds of companies. There's companies that have a formalized sales process and companies that have an informalized sales process. In both cases, they have a sales process. It's just that in the informal one, they may not have called out a specific structure and they may not have a roadmap. All things being equal, I believe having a documented sales process is a better approach than an informal one. But in either of those situations, what I can tell you is this, the most important part of the process going forward is not just your process. The most important part of the process is understanding how do your buyers want to interact in what is called the omni-channel buying experience. And what I mean by that is you may have a sales process that says you go from one to two to three to four to five, and that's the linear approach that you've been taught to take. And I think what the pandemic has done is just opened people's eyes to the realization that just because in the past people met in person for a first meeting doesn't mean that meeting in person, regardless of what the process says, is the right approach. So what we're seeing across our customer base is really a rethinking of the entire sales process. And we have customers who are using a wide range of different methodologies, but at the heart, they have certain things in common. And what we're seeing happen across our customer base is the ability to, in effect, remap and say, okay, based upon this particular account and this particular corporate culture in this particular industry, what we need to do is think in terms of this approach, which might mean 60% of the interactions are virtual, and 40% of them are in person. In another industry, it could be the reciprocal of that, a 40-60 split. <clears throat> and in other industries, there's just certain parts of the process that we're seeing a huge efficiency for leveraging the power of, of hybrid selling. And so what, when you net all this out, what it's really saying is post-pandemic, I don't believe there is in-person selling and virtual selling. I think it's all considered part of hybrid and the hybrid means you get to use whichever of the modalities is best for you 
and that buyer at this moment in time. And just to go to the car metaphor here, if you have a hybrid vehicle, it can use gas and it can use electric. Sometimes it's using electric, sometimes it's using gas. It's the best of both worlds. That's very consistent with what we're seeing across how the best sales organizations have adapted in a post-pandemic environment. Absolutely. So while we're talking about the post-pandemic environment, it's also important to consider the road ahead. So we are, some would say, in a recessionary time already. Some would say it's time to prepare for one. So this will demand more changes at the sales level, not only in terms of processes, because that's just one area, but also in terms of the kind of sales technologies that would again come to the forefront. So the pandemic saw a lot of technologies like Zoom come to the forefront because we had limited in-person selling experiences. And that led to this whole hybrid model taking up more prominence in the marketplace. And now as we're shifting gears again, we're preparing for a different kind of market dynamic. It's important to not only think about your tool, your tech stack, your processes, but sort of align everything at a higher level so that teams know what the organization as a whole is after and everyone can contribute to eventual ROI. So when we're talking about this, what are some of the thoughts that come to mind if someone were to ask you about the future of sales, like the near term, what would the near term look like? What would the near term look like for B2B sales teams in general? Sure. Well, I can tell you that since 2020 in the publishing of this book in June of 2021, a number of the trends that we outlined have only grown. I won't tell you that it was a prediction as much as a trend that we highlighted in the book that you mentioned mastering virtual selling. And one of the big ideas in the book is this notion of what we call front stage versus backstage. And if you think about in the context of the book, we call it orchestrating sales success. And you imagine a, an orchestra conductor. Well, the orchestra conductor isn't the one playing any of the instruments. And yet he or she is in the business of pulling out the best performance from all of those musicians. And what we've discovered is if you think about that example of an orchestra conductor, they're doing certain things before they go up on stage that we call backstage activities. And then they're doing certain things when they're live in front of the audience, front stage. And then they're doing certain things again, backstage. And in the book, I tell a story about a real life example I had with a famous maestro named Ben Zander and how this whole thing evolved. So the net result is this. Front stage is about in-person or about Zoom, and it's synchronous. And what most people do is they think about virtual selling as only Zoom or only Teams or one of those real-time interactions. What they don't realize is there's a whole bunch of things you can do to be much more efficient as a seller and actually create a more personalized and productive buying experience for your prospective buyers. And a lot of that has to do with what we call backstage or asynchronous activities. Now, obviously, email is an example of this, but so is text. So is Slack. So is recording short form videos. And that could be a short form video with you, or it could be a short form video with one of your executives, or maybe even one of your subject matter experts. And one of the things we've learned in the pandemic is you can get access to people that you might not have been able to get to in an in-person visit. That might include your own CEO, your head of product, your head of customer success. So getting some of these people to be able to record a short video, we call it an agile video, 
with the customer's name and be able to have some level of personalization, it goes a long way in helping to create a differentiated buying experience. And then finally, I can tell you this idea of the DSR, the digital solution room, the digital sales room. Forrester's talking about it. Gartner's talking about it. We're already seeing it. There's no question in my mind that in more than 25 years of being in sales myself, the ability to curate content in a personalized website that can be password protected depending upon the industry you're in. It can be a collaboration space. The ability to organize things in a website format rather than a buyer having to go through 10 or 20 or 100 emails from you to try to remember which ones had the appropriate attachments. It's just a better way to do business. So that's the biggest change that I see coming from the world of virtual selling. And that is the best sellers acting like an orchestrator whose job is to pull the best resources from across the organization, the best content, and organize it in a place that's easy for people to consume it to be able to get analytics and data from what they've consumed and know more about what they care about and what they don't care about so that you continue to be the go-to person that buyers want to buy from. Absolutely, Mark. This has been a very interesting conversation and we loved some of your angles and inputs. And we're definitely going to do this again in the near future and just to evaluate what you thought would happen in the market and what is really happening. And that will be a very interesting conversation to have. But until then, we wish you and the team at Allego all the very best. Before we wrap up, if you'd like to share some daily best practices for B2B salespeople, that would be great to hear. Well, Paroma, I'll tell you what, I'll do you one better. I would invite people to go to masteringvirtualselling.com. Again, all one word, masteringvirtualselling.com. And on that specialized website, we've got a number of free resources that you can download that cover some of the elements that I've described here today. It includes tools, it includes checklists, and ways to really help you up your game because regardless of your industry, your ability to perform in the virtual world is going to continue to be important and maybe become more important depending upon your industry over time. So I'd encourage you to go take a look. Uh, you're welcome to download um, the book from that location as well or take a look at it on Amazon. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate you sharing all your thoughts with us in this conversation. And until the next time, all the very best. Thanks so much.